0: Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to another edition of Discover DEP. You can download Discover DEP and subscribe to future editions through iTunes and Google Play. This week is AmeriCorps Week, celebrating the work that young people who have participated in the AmeriCorps program over the years have done to help improve the nation's communities and to contribute to the life of our country, and especially here in New Jersey. And to celebrate AmeriCorps Week, we are talking to two of the AmeriCorps New Jersey Watershed Ambassadors. The AmeriCorps New Jersey Watershed Ambassadors program is now in its 17th year. It promotes watershed stewardship through education and direct community involvement, and monitors stream health through performing visual and biological assessments. To honor AmeriCorps Week, we are joined by two of this year's 20 watershed ambassadors, Ishmael Sukar, watershed ambassador number seven, and Alexis Bowman watershed ambassador number 12 and they're here to talk to us about their experience so far as watershed ambassadors and to tell us a little bit about the projects that they are currently working on. Ishmiela and Alexis, welcome. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank Thanks you. for having us.
0: The first thing I have to ask is you have these specific numbers. We have watershed ambassador number 7 and watershed ambassador number 12 with us. Why are you each assigned a number?
1: The watershed ambassador numbers are the watershed areas that we make up. So Monmouth County is 12, but it reaches into Middlesex and Ocean. That's just how watersheds work. So each of us have different ones based on a location.
0: So it's not necessarily specific to a county. It's more the watershed itself. Yes.
2: Yeah. So like, yeah, so watersheds don't follow municipal lines. So it's a natural phenomenon how these watersheds work. So my watershed is Watershed 7, which includes Union County, parts of Middlesex and parts of Essex. My uh, watershed is all the water that ends up going down to the Arthur Kill.
0: I once heard watersheds described as communities connected by water, and I think that's so interesting because watersheds are not defined by the political boundaries of counties or towns. It's really the geographic boundaries and how the water moves across the landscape that defines a watershed. Alexis, what are some of the unique characteristics of your particular watershed management area, Area number 12?
1: Uh, watershed area number 12 of Monmouth County, Um, we have three major rivers that make up Monmouth County, which really make it special, which is the Navasink and the Shrewsbury. They flow into each other, and then we have the Manasquan, which is more towards the south of Monmouth County. It's really just those three rivers that really make up the Monmouth County area. And they're under some
0: pressure, aren't they?
1: They are under pressure now. I've heard one of the biggest threats to Monmouth County's watershed is nonpoint source pollution. So it's a a long process trying to to clean up the pollution that we ourselves are really making with and without knowing.
0: Yeah, the nonpoint source pollution problem is really the biggest problem facing our water quality today. Back in the late 60s and early 70s, when the modern environmental movement really started, the biggest source of water pollution was point source pollution, where factories and others were discharging stuff right into rivers and lakes and streams and into the ocean. And uh, over the years, we've had a lot of success fighting point source pollution. And now the non-point source pollution is really the problem. And it seems to be... You know, it's one of those things where you've got a lot of little things that add up to a big problem. Ishmael, tell us a little bit more about how non-point source pollution affects our waterways.
2: Well, you know, I've also heard it being called, like, people pollution. It's a side effect of living in a city and a civilization It's going to happen because it's very difficult to get people to change, you know, their, their consumption patterns. You know, people are going to be, you know, drinking out of plastic cups and throwing those plastic cups in the garbage or in the street. Uh, it's, you know, it's very difficult for people to change their habits. You know, People walking their dogs, people using fertilizer on other lawns it's just and to try to get people to say well you know you don't really need to use that much fertilizer on their lawn but then they read fertilizer companies tell them oh well if you, if you fertilize your lawn your, your house property goes up 10% so they're gonna it's very it's very difficult to get people to change their habits
0: and it all really does add up I remember reading uh, some years ago a, a shocking statistic that every nine months there's as much oil deposited in our nation's coastal waters as was spilled during the Exxon Valdez. And that is all just a function of, you know, people, they change the oil Mm -hmm. in the driveway and a little bit leaks out and that runs into the street and that runs into the storm sewer or just the, you know, oil a little bit dripping on the highways and things like that. It's really quite amazing. So the work that you're doing, kind of helping to raise awareness about watersheds and the importance of uh, looking at everybody's individual actions and how they add up is really, really important. What are some of the projects that you've been uh, working on as watershed ambassadors, Alexis? Let's start with
1: you. I've mostly been working on issues surrounding the non-point source issue. So I've been going out to schools and educating K through 12 students about what is non-point source pollution, what is your watershed, and how are those things connected. I've also reached out to older educational or informational groups, um, boating clubs, marine sanctuaries, and spoke to them about what they can do on their adult level, since they, of course, have more responsibilities, automobiles, homes, and things to take care of and how they can do it in a
0: sustainable way. So when you talk to the students uh, in K to 12, kind of how do they respond to what you're telling them? Are they surprised to learn about this stuff, or do they already have some background, or what's their response?
1: Most kids know, not necessarily what non-point source pollution is, but what pollution is. They know throwing trash in the ground or in the sewers is bad. Some of the kids actually think that sewers are um, trash cans, so you do have to educate here and there and, and see what they know and pick it out and educate them further on, on the subject.
0: And what about when you speak to some of the older uh, the older folks in the boating organizations and others? or What's their level of awareness?
1: They're extremely aware, especially if they're already in the subject, they have interest in the subject. Um, a lot of the time, it's just a refresher. They, I went to a Marine Sanctuary um, a presentation in Red Bank and they just wanted to know again about what are some of the things that they can do. They forgot about doing fertilizer, too much fertilizer or maybe testing their grounds or disposing of their waste properly and not just sitting it in their garage, you know, the oils or any of the pesticides and lawn care products. It's all about a refresher because people forget they get lost in their day to day. So to pull them out and say, hey, remember... This happens, and we got to take care of our
0: earth. Yeah, that's important because, you know, most of the things that uh, contribute to the non-point source pollution are things that we're just doing every day kind of without thinking. So having that reminder is really important. Ishmael, what about you? What are some of the projects you've been working on?
2: So I've been doing a lot of uh, trainings. I try to get people, like, aware of how what they're doing is impacting your stream. And especially because my watershed is a very urban watershed, the damage is very very, uh, apparent. Um, because Union County. has Elizabeth, has... Union City of Union has you know, and even not even just Union County. I also have Newark, and I also have Perth Amboy, which has you know CSOs has you know, combined sewer outflow problems as well. So for them, so I try to get them to um, learn what how their actions are affecting their water quality. Uh, so you know, example, you know, South Orange. I have a, a number of uh, volunteer monitoring workshop trainings coming up where I teach uh, volunteers how to test their water on their own without having say you know someone like me over there to test it for them so this lets them see what their actors are doing to their water because example if they go into their water and they're only catching pollution tolerant species like leeches then they know there's something wrong with their water and Mm. you know they know that they need to change what they're doing and that's generally what they're going to catch depending on where they're doing it but it's, uh, it's a big problem over there. That's what I'm trying to do. Try to do citizen science.
0: So you're teaching them really to look for indicators. It's yes. not that they're sending the samples out to a lab or anything like no, that. No, nothing like that.
2: No, they're just looking for indicators. And, you know, and I also know there's, there is, um, processes in place that they can submit that data to the DEP eventually as well. It, it helps them be more aware of what they're doing and it also helps DEP a little bit because they, they get that extra data.
0: So, so you mentioned leeches as one of the indicators. They can survive just about anything, huh? Yeah,
2: pretty much. Pretty much. The leeches are, uh, Leeches are very pollution tolerant. If I see a bunch of leeches in a stream, then I know something's wrong with that stream. I don't even have to. <laughs> I can do the rest of the information, but I know so it's going to be bad. And what are some of the indicators when
0: a stream is healthy? What are you looking for then?
2: Oh, in that case, I'll be looking for dragonflies. I'll be looking for mayflies. I'll be looking for stoneflies. Those three, and then that's really what I'm... That's the main three we're looking for to see if a stream is healthy. If the stream's missing, those three something wrong. There's something wrong. Yes.
0: And um, in terms of, so it sounds like you're doing a lot of really hands-on work in the water. Yeah, yeah. Or legs in the water, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, And Alexis, you're doing a lot more teaching. Do you get into the uh, water and the streams and check out those sorts of things, too?
1: Definitely. We all have to go out and assess our waters in each of the watersheds that we monitor. That's one of my favorite parts, actually. The second part would be teaching. but. Um, getting out into the streams and seeing the quality. I have a lot of golf courses, so they're using a lot of pesticides, a lot of fertilizers to keep their lawns nice and green. Well, that's wonderful, but it's also affecting the quality of the water. I don't have many of anything in my waters a lot of the time, especially near any streams near the golf courses.
0: Probably just some errant golf balls, right? <laughs> yeah, basically.
1: And clubs, I've seen. No clubs. Oh, that's when
0: somebody hits a really bad shot, right? Yeah. Then the club follows. yeah <laughs> get real
1: upset. But I've, I've not, I haven't seen too many of anything. One of the main indicators, like you said, the mayfly, dragonfly, and stonefly, I've seen in each of our fall assessments, maybe two or three, and every one of that I've, I've went to. So my quality of water is pretty poor. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it definitely needs some help, mm-hmm. uh, no doubt about it. What sort of training did you get before you embarked on the Watershed Ambassador Program, before you became these ambassadors?
2: Uh, DP gave us extensive trainings uh, to be able to you know, do, do the variety of tasks we were given. Um, so we went through, like a, I think, a, one, a total of two one-week retreats uh, where we, we just focused on you know, doing, these, doing these assessments, where they just taught us you know how we do the assessments, what we're looking for, and uh how we can train others to do the same thing and you know we also were trained to to teach citizens uh how about non-point source pollution we we're giving training how to do presentations uh we we're even training how to engage people to get involved as well uh, so those are like the the main ways we got trained
0: and do you um develop your own presentations for schools or do they give you kind of a set presentation and you you uh, use
2: that well they give us a like a like a general like outline but general but we put a lot of our own information in there like there's no none of us are going to give the same exact uh, presentation you know? because because of my watershed I talk a lot about you know the urban air problems like construction and you know, deforestation in my own watershed but perhaps Alexis will talk focusing more on different topics on her own her own presentation so we all cater it to our audience
0: and I imagine uh, Alexis you have different presentations depending on the audience as well you're not going to present to a boating group the same thing you'd present to an elementary school
1: no actually a great example um, the boating group. They were very knowledgeable, like I said, they have an interest in it, so they would know things. They actually taught me during the presentation, so that was a good back and forth we had. But um, a gentleman wants me to present to their um, church group, so I would definitely have to alter it to suit the audience. And I mean, any um, public speaker would need to know their audience before they give a presentation.
0: Had you had uh, had you both had a lot of experience giving public presentations before you became watershed ambassadors?
2: We, we, we learned a lot of on the job, to be honest. <laughs> so for me, at, at least. But but again, I got better at it. The more I did the more I got. Better. I mean, I, I've already done a total of um, over at least sixty or seventy already. So yeah. I mean, it's about. But by the time you get to the first, like even the fifth one, you you get pretty good at it. Yeah, Alexis, so. did you have the same
0: <laughs> uh, experience, or were you already a an accomplished public speaker when you became an ambassador.
1: Definitely not accomplished. I had you know the required course in college, but other than that, no, not really. It's all uh, field work. It's all experience just getting thrown to the fire and doing it.
0: So what is it that attracted you to this program? Um, AmeriCorps has a lot of different opportunities for people to participate when they get out of college. What attracted you to this particular program,
1: While I was in college, I want to say my junior year, almost senior year, I actually came across a former um, ambassador at a fair that my university was doing. Um, Talked to him and I was really interested in what he was doing. I did try to apply for jobs after college, but that kept coming back to me, so I applied and practically stopped the DEP to (laughs) obtain this position.
0: Good. Well, you must not have actually stalked because I haven't seen your picture by the guard desk. But, uh, so I would say you were persistent. Very persistent. Yes, <laughs> which is a great thing. And where did you go to college?
1: I went to Rider University right around Right the in Lawrenceville, yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, what, did, what was your major?
1: I majored in sociology and uh, minored in sustainability.
0: That's great. And the Watershed Ambassador Program lasts for how long? How long are you an ambassador?
1: Uh, approximately
0: 10 months, uh, oh, ten months. just about. Ishmael, what attracted you to the Watershed Ambassador Program as part of the AmeriCorps program?
2: Okay, well, uh, when I was in college, I actually was a major in pharmacy for uh, quite a while, but then I was really not interested in what I was doing there. Um, you know, doing great work, but I just was not it was not meshing with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided, you know, I wanted to work in the environmental field, so I switched out um, before it was too late to go into more environmental science. And then when I graduated with a degree. Um, you know, I I then I worked in a laboratory for a little bit uh, with uh, animal care, uh, but even then I was, I wanted to work in the, in the environmental field. Um, and then once I I went to the, the NJDEP website, I saw American Washington Ambassador. I was, I was like, well, this is a great opportunity for me to pivot my my uh, career toward the environmental field." And so I took it, and it's been a great great uh, experience so far. I mean, it's it's taught me so much about how we can be all be environmental stewards, and it's uh, it's been. I No no
0: regrets about that. Great. And where did you go to college? I went to Rutgers. 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 So both New Jersey college graduates. That's excellent. Yeah. (laughs) We're always glad to hear New Jersey and staying in New Jersey to go to school and then staying in New Jersey after they graduate. That's an important thing. We like to keep our talent right here in this great state. So what are you looking at when the Watershed Ambassador Program is over, Ishmael? Where do you you think you'd like to go next?
2: Uh, I would like to hopefully try to get a, a job in public service, like stay in the public sector. Uh, because I feel like that's where you can make a big difference here in the public sector with an uh, environmental field. I'm open to anything. I'm, I'm open, you know, I'm not going to close my door to anything, any opportunity comes my way. If I, if I get an opportunity, I'll, I'll, I'll take it, but I'd like to stay in the public sector.
0: And in the environmental field. Yes, environmental field, public sector, yes. Yeah, yes. great. Alexis, what about you?
1: Well, during one of our um, mentoring workshops, uh, older um, people would give us advice about what it would be like to be out of our um, program. So, they kept saying... By older people, you probably mean
0: like people who were 30 or something, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Wiser individuals with more experience. There you go. <laughs> um,
1: they often let us know that their path was much meandering. They had a lot of different takes where they didn't expect to go. They didn't know um, they were going to take a position. They ended up liking a position that was not actually what they were going for. So I don't really mind going into unique positions or positions that don't really suit what I'm looking for in order to gain something out of it.
0: Yeah, I have uh, read that uh, because I have uh, two kids who are about your age. Um, My son's 25 today, in fact, and my daughter's 21. She's a junior in in, uh, college. And uh, I've read that uh, your generation, probably by the time you get to retirement, will have four or five different careers because the world is changing so rapidly so yeah and so i think it's great that uh, you're both open to uh, different things but i would also hope that you know given your experience that you give the environmental uh, field which has so many different opportunities a real hard look because while we have made enormous progress Uh, When I was your age, there were actually rivers catching fire spontaneously. Well, I was a little younger than you all when that (laughs) happened, but uh, things were in incredibly bad shape. Uh, I remember the first Earth Day and, uh, you know, the horrors of all that. I was in elementary school then. And uh, to see how far we've come is uh, really heartening, but uh, to know that there's still a lot of work to do and uh, having uh, young folks like you who are just starting out in your career, getting the experience you're getting through this Watershed Ambassador Program, I think it's really important. And uh, certainly gives those of us who've been around a little longer uh, a lot of uh, good hope uh, for the future, that uh, the planet and the condition in which we will leave it to you uh, is better than we found it, and you all will want to leave it better than you found it, too. Well, any last thoughts before we wrap up? None off the top of my head. None off the top of your head. Ishmael.
2: Well, um, you, know, if, you know, if anyone's looking to, to do this program next year, you, know, you should definitely, like, let them know. This is a great program. Definitely, like, in the coming months, I'm sure an app, the application will open on the, the DEP website. Any recent college grads should definitely do it. It's great on your resume. It's great trainings. They train you on GIS. They train you on so many different topics. It's, it's, it's really good to have, it, and it really opens all kinds of doors for
0: you. Well, that's great. And We have on the description of the podcast a link uh, to this program on the DEP website so that anyone who's interested in becoming a future watershed ambassador uh, can go right to that website and find out more about it. Well, I want to thank both of you for joining us today uh, for this conversation to help mark and celebrate AmeriCorps Week, uh, which is uh, this year from uh, the week of uh, March 4th through the 11th, and uh, also to tell us about your personal experience as Watershed Ambassadors. I think it's uh, really great, the work that you're doing, and I'm so pleased. That we were able to have Watershed Ambassador number seven and Watershed Ambassador number 12, also known as Ishmael Sukar and Alexis Bowman, with us today. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to Discover DEP. If you have comments on the podcast or ideas for future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at dep.nj.gov. Enjoy the rest of your day.